everyone. Welcome to the IBCD Care and Discipleship Podcast. We're here on site at Mission Hills Church in San Marcos, California for our 2017 Summer Institute. And we're getting to spend some time with the various speakers who have come and been ministering to us over these few days. And today we're speaking with Keith Palmer and uh, also his son, Alan, is joining us. So Keith and Alan, it's great to have you guys with us. Well, thanks for allowing us to be here. Yeah. Um, Keith, can you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are? I know you came to our conference last year, and uh, we're excited to have you back this year, but tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, I'm a small-town pastor. Um, I minister at Grace Bible Church in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I've been there for 15 years and um, really enjoy preaching and teaching God's Word, training people to grow and uh, the knowledge and grace of the Lord Jesus, and and particularly uh, training future counselors. That's a big part of what I do. That's great. How did you come into biblical counseling yourself? Well, um, I became a Christian in college, and um, my life radically changed. I was on a certain career path, uh, and all of that went up in the air. And as I came to know the Lord Jesus and um, His transforming work in my heart, and, and that really changed what I wanted to do with my life. And I was so thankful for my pastor, who became my mentor, who. Uh, encouraged me, and uh, uh, I just wanted to learn God's Word and learn more about Him in my new faith. And uh, so I thought about seminary, not to be a pastor, but because I just wanted to grow and learn. And uh, so there were a couple of seminaries that I was looking at, both here on the West Coast. And uh, as I got to look at them, I realized that um, two major differences, or one major difference in the program between these two schools was what they thought about counseling and how to help people with practical life issues. And uh, so in talking to these two schools, um, I was introduced to a book called Competent to Counsel by Jay Adams, which sort of explained a biblical counseling approach, a, an approach of that is unique uh, about the sufficiency of Scripture uh, for counseling. And so I read that book in my senior year of engineering school, of all things, and uh, it just radically transformed how I thought about the gospel affecting and helping the lives of people. So that steered me to the Master's Seminary, where I was formally introduced to biblical counseling under uh, Dr. Stuart Scott and Dr. Wayne Mack. So that's kind of how it all started. Yeah. And uh, so you're involved in training up people in biblical counseling in your church, and you're also part of a, a counseling center there, right? What's the name of, of the counseling center? Or You know, we uh, it, it's really just our church, Grace Bible Church. Okay. Uh, we just launched a brand new ministry called the Center for Biblical Counseling and Discipleship. So that's sort of our new resource mm-hmm. arm of okay. what we do. But really, our, our church just lives and breathes gospel ministry applied, applied to life, uh, of course, which includes the formal part of that biblical counseling. Uh, so we've been an ACBC certified training center for a number of years. And uh, we also, as part of that ministry, have a free community counseling ministry as an outreach to our community. So every week we see a number of people uh, coming to our church for counseling that we offer for free. Mm-hmm. How, do, how do those appointments work? Is it one day of the week or how, how does the counseling <laughs> set up that way? Um, it's a little bit messy, uh-huh. um, mostly because now we have a team of counselors, right. and uh, we used to just do it mainly on one or two days, and now it's probably about three days, okay. uh, various times a day. Um, we have, well, we're going to have uh, nine ACBC certified counselors in our church, and um, so we typically offer those services when the counselor is available. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now it's it's three days a week. Okay, yeah. 
And you are an ACBC fellow. Can you tell our listeners who may not be familiar with that process, you're also an ACBC board member. So can you talk to us about your ACBC hats a little bit? Sure. Yeah. Um, Well, I became ACBC certified just as a certified counselor a number of years ago. And then um, uh, not too long ago became a fellow, which in the ACBC world just means a supervisor. So one of the privileges I get to have is working with counselors in training and overseeing particularly um, there's three phases of certification for ACBC. And the third phase is where uh, a supervisor actually walks through uh, at least 50 sessions with a counselor in training. And we get to interact with those students, give them feedback on their counseling, listen to audio recordings or video recordings. And I love that. It's like being a coach, you know, and you're, you're, egging the, you're helping the team to, to learn and grow. So um, I became a fellow, getting to supervise, uh, and then just um, about a year and a half ago was asked to sit on the board. So, And that's, that's a, a real uh, privilege, just being able to kind of contribute to the direction of the organization and, and work with wonderful godly men that are my heroes, you know, right. and uh, so that's been a real blessing just to provide that level of oversight to the organization. Were you the youngest board member or is there some statistic related <laughs> to that or something? Um, I don't know. Okay. I don't okay. know. Could have um, been a bad rumor. Uh, Dr. Lambert is younger than me and he he's is, on the board. <laughs> so, yeah. As far as uh, the supervision that you do, do you do that mainly for the people in your church or do you take on, how, how much supervision do you do in a year? Well, I'm spoiled because uh, several years ago, our elders wanted me to pursue this. And so I went back to school, got an additional degree with the goal of becoming a supervisor, an ACBC fellow. And so they, their vision as a church was that I would develop this part of my pastoral ministry by becoming a supervisor. So I'm very thankful for the support of our elders that were behind me and encouraged me to do that. Um, so primarily, um, the thought was then to help the class of ACBC counselors in training in our church, which I'm just finishing up. Uh, the last couple will be finishing their supervision just the next month or two. Oh. Um, but I also have the privilege of supervising people that are not in our church, and we mainly do that. That's a big question. Well, how do you do that if you're in Dallas and right, they're right. You know, in Oregon? Um, mainly do that just over the phone and then through technology, audio recordings, video recordings. Um, and actually right now I'm getting to work with the Master's University also in their master's degree program where I'm, I'm doing a, an internship class, basically offering supervision at that level too. Okay. So, so I'm wow. kind of in, yeah. it, in all three of those realms right now. Yeah. Wow. That's great. I, we're so thankful for the ACBC certification process and especially that phase three, you know, you think going through seminary, you take preaching classes, you get feedback on your preaching, but when do you get feedback on 50 hours of counseling? You know, um, I know that was it's been so formative in my life, and I just think such a helpful thing. So uh, for listeners who would love feedback on their counseling, you can always ask your pastor to do that with you. But also ACBC has a great uh, program, and then you get to have people like Keith Palmer and lots of other uh, heroes in biblical counseling weighing in on on what you're telling people. So uh, it takes a lot of time and effort, though, doesn't it? It does, so, yeah. very much. Yeah. Yeah, and like I, I think for me, it was like you. It was so instrumental in my life when I was becoming a certified counselor. And I think um, I love supervision and, and to be able to think through cases with other counselors, other pastors, uh, kind of, you know, put myself in the chair. And then, you know, we think together through that and to be able to offer feedback. That's that's a great part of it. It's, it's Ephesians 4. You're equipping the saints for work of service, but in a very particular way. Yeah. And I really, really enjoy that part of it. Um, so, 
that sounds like biblical counseling is is very much at the heart of your church. Your church is about the gospel and uh, helping people through biblical counseling. What are things that you all have learned as you've been seeking to to grow and cultivate that in your church? Are there are there things you look back and you say, "Wow, we really realized we were missing it there," and once we realized that, or what what are some things that could be helpful for our listeners as they're thinking through their church settings? You know, something I heard another leader in the biblical counseling movement, I heard him say years ago, and that is, uh, we don't want to have a counseling ministry. We want to be a counseling ministry. Mm-hmm. And when I was first, uh, I was hired at our church uh, years ago as an associate pastor to be about uh, equipping the equippers or discipling the disciplers. So whether it's men's ministry, women's ministry, Awana, children's, youth, you know, whatever, um, my role was largely to come alongside those existing leaders and equip them and help them to do the shepherding work that they were doing. And um, I didn't really intend it for be, to be this way, but I found the biblical counseling curriculum that I received in seminary as a wonderful, rich source of material to help equip disciples. So um, didn't realize it at the time, but by teaching literally every leader in our church who was teaching at some level taking them through a basic course in biblical counseling. I didn't tell them that. I said, this is discipleship material. Mm-hmm. But to get that type of training, it, it really created a culture in our church that that helping others with the gospel from the scriptures for life problems, for training children, training adults, you know, whatever it is, that's normal church ministry. I mean, that, that's what the Bible teaches us to do. Um, so that, that's been just wonderfully helpful in our church because now there's a culture of discipleship. We do have a formal counseling ministry, but I think uh, if you were to bring our people into the studio here and ask them, you know, what's one of the facets of your church, that they would say, we believe that it's every believer's role to minister the Bible to other people in the body of Christ, whether it's for some huge life-changing thing going on or just the everyday you know, anger, anxiety, conflict, you know, just that's our role to, again, going back to Ephesians 4, you know, the lead, the pastors and teachers equip the saints, but it's it's the believers that minister to one another. So I, I think that's created a, a healthy a culture of discipleship in our church. And, and it really, it's just an extension of our ecclesiology, but but applied in a way that I really think has had a, a wonderful impact on our church. Mm-hmm. So, so that would be one area yeah. where I think it's been helpful. So you've started focusing with leadership and teachers, it sounds like, as part of that, right? right? Exactly. So they're all on board, and that's right. going to filter out as as they have influence. Yeah, and, and speaking of that, too, I think um, making sure our elders were on board. They've mm-hmm. always been very supportive mm-hmm. of uh, what we've wanted to do in this regard, but I think making sure that they understood what is biblical counseling, what are we trying to do. Um, I remember a class I took at Master Seminary years ago asking the professor, hey, if I want to do this in our church and we don't have biblical counseling, what should we do? And that's the first thing he said is you got to make sure your leadership is on board. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, those would be two great lessons there. Um, you know, maybe another uh, part of this is to see that um, we've found that biblical counseling, meaning in, in our view, that's just taking the gospel, taking the scriptures and ministering to hurting people that are struggling with life problems that has allowed us to evangelize our community in a way consistent with our ecclesiology. And what I mean is we're not trying to put on a show. We're not you know, doing entertainment. We're not trying to attract people using worldly things. We are trying to minister the gospel to people who are hurting, who have life problems, marriage problems. 
and, and we're doing it in a way that derives from what we believe about what the church should do and be. So for example, I may sit down with somebody in our church for community counseling and I say, hey, my name's Keith, I'm one of the pastors here and I'm thankful you're here. We believe that all life problems are really just symptoms of our greatest problem, which is that we were made by this creator God, but we're alienated from him in relationship because of sin. And the personal work of Jesus Christ in his life, death, and resurrection is what restores that relationship and, and leads to every good thing that he has for us. Um, so that's how I'm going to counsel you. And this is God's word, the Bible on my desk. Are you okay with that? Mm -hmm. And I've never had somebody say no. Mm -hmm. You know, so, so right up front, we're able to uh, and when I say evangelize, we understand you can't truly counsel a unbeliever. They need Christ first before they can grow. But we found a biblical counseling ministry to the community to be a wonderful evangelistic outreach as we lead them to the gospel. And uh, by God's grace, they come to trust Christ. And then we can really begin to address in sanctification now, you know, the problems that they're facing in their marriage or whatever it happens to be. What do you think of the question sometimes raised just about the the order of those things of um counseling to the community there's counseling in your own church do you do one first then the other is it either or is it both and how do you how do you think about those things in in your church or what's your experience been yeah that's a great question um i don't believe god would ever give us two commands in the bible where he expects us to ignore one in order to fulfill the other so if the Bible says, go into all the world and preach the gospel, and if it says to people like me, pastors, you know, shepherd the flock of God among you, you know, equip the saints for the work of service. I think both of those commands are in scripture. They're clear, to, at least to me. Um, and therefore, a church has to be faithful to both of those. So I, I don't think it's an either or. I do think it's a both and. Now, every given church is going to be different in terms of the expression of that and what resources they have available. But I think we all as churches have to look in the mirror and say, God calls us to be faithful to both of those commands, and we need to do our best to be faithful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it can be really helpful, even if your church doesn't have a counseling center that has as an outreach to the community, just realizing um, the equipping for one another care that you're doing in the church is also an incredible gateway to help people outside the church that hopefully we're cultivating relationships with already exactly, uh, in yeah. the places the Lord has placed us. So yeah. I appreciate you saying it like that because you don't have to have a counseling center to be effective in your community. And in fact, um, you know, I would argue from scripture that it's, it's, you know, as you go, you're preaching the gospel. So, you know, the church is gathering together to be equipped, to be encouraged, and then we disperse, right? We, we go to our workplaces, we go to our schools, we go to our neighborhoods, and, and that one-on-one -on -one, uh, ministry where now we have some equipping to be able to address some of those life issues. You know, I think as a pastor, I'm thinking I, I want the average person in our church to be able to, you know, talking to their neighbor next door that evening and a life issue comes up, you know, a teenager that's addicted to something or, you know, they're having marriage problems. I, I would hope that uh, a believer at that point wouldn't say, well, hey, let's go to our community counseling ministry, although we could, they could do that, but that they would engage them wisely and, and in a loving way from the scriptures to give them gospel hope in that moment. So, Alan, you've been uh, sitting here patiently watching us uh, do an interview. Uh, you were telling me earlier, this is, this is your first time traveling out of state to a speaking engagement with your dad. Am I right about yes. that? Okay, great. And so uh, how is it coming to California? Nice. I love airplanes, so. Nice. That's cool. And so what have you been doing while your dad's been uh, speaking and, and uh, doing his thing here? Listening to him. 
Yeah, I've noticed you grabbing those front row seats. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, you were also telling me that you've been uh, wanting to get to tag along with your dad on something like this for quite a while, huh? Yes, since I was basically two years old. Wow. So <laughs> that's great. And uh, I, I really appreciate it as we were talking earlier how you you and your family, they, you have a, a ministry of the role you play even as your dad is out doing some of these speaking things. Can you tell us just a little bit about that, how you guys have viewed that? and Yes, as, old, as the oldest man in the house, I have to take care of things when he's gone, help my mom. And that's that's freed him up to be able to come and do things like this and we're really thankful for that. So, well, we're, we're delighted you've been able to come along. And uh, is this the first podcast you've sat in on too? So, yes. Nice. And now first podcast you've been on. Mm-hmm. So there you go. So, and how old are you? I'm 14. So 14 on a podcast. There you starting go. Starting young. So, yep. <laughs> starting that out. So uh, we're just, we're thrilled when uh, family members get to come along. And part of what we, the reason we have the Summer Institute, we put on events, you know, you could just, we could just sit in a, re- a studio, record all this stuff and send it out on the internet. But when you get to come to a conference, you get to rub shoulders with other like-minded people. You get to, you also see a representation of the church, which should be cross-demographic and, and all these other people who have served in various ways. And it's just encouraging to see how the Lord's raising these people up. And uh, so, Alan, it's great to have you with us and seeing this uh, younger generation of people who care about these things as well. So. Thanks. We're hoping this is this is the first, but will not be the last IBCD conference for him. So nice, nice. If he goes back to Russia, I want to come with him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, so we'll work up to international trips. How's that? <laughs> yeah. Keith, can you tell us a little bit about the international trips you've been able to do? Sure. Um, I've had the privilege of speaking twice at uh, the um, Samara Center for Biblical Training in Samara, Russia. It's a master's seminary uh, kind of extension uh, through what they call the Master's Academy International. And uh, they have um, both an MDiv program there, and they also have a master's degree program in biblical counseling. So that's been a real joy to go and and to teach a couple of classes there. And then uh, just last fall, um, I was able to go to Jordan and also teach a week-long seminar there. Uh, Really a a pastor's conference, Mm. um, but really... um, uh, really kind of introducing that whole region to biblical counseling hmm. uh, with um, OIC, Overseas Instruction and Counseling, yeah. uh, Wayne Vanderweer's ministry. So uh, that was a wonderful, wonderful opportunity there. Wow, so. that's great. Is that your first trip with OIC? It was. Okay. Yes. I've heard such good things about them. And then Tom Maxim, who's mm-hmm. one of our pastors right. and things, he's heavily involved with Uganda. And I, I just so appreciate their model mm-hmm. and the way they do it. It's, it's exciting to hear how... Uh, this love for pastoral theology, biblical counseling is just spreading all over the world. I was talking to Chris Moles, and it was in a joking way, but he he said one of his huge desires is to see Charlie Hodge's observation video dubbed over in Russian. He wants to see a Russian voice with Charlie Hodge's counseling. We can so. make that happen. So, <laughs> so connect them with delighted. our friends in Samara. <laughs> That's the first thing he asked. Is that keep being translated into Russian yet? So he thinks that would be great. So, Although Charlie looks too nice. You know, <laughs> he has to have a little sterner voice, right? Right, yeah. right. So yeah, we'll see. You could get a really gruff voice with them and it, it would make for an entertaining... Uh, yes, it would. Or I mean, a helpful training tool, right? So, right, that's right. Yes. <laughs> that's right. So uh, Keith and Alan, it's just been... Uh, a blessing to have you guys with us. Uh, Keith, we're so thankful for your ministry in your church, in your community. Um, 
on behalf of ACBC as well. It's it's just vital, and the the people you're helping grow, and the, the, I know all the work that goes into supervision. And um, but boy, you see the fruit of that as people get to have feedback and be guided along in that process, and you learn a lot in the process as well. I'm sure. So so yes, thanks so do, much yeah. for being with us. And uh, thanks for having us, and thanks for all the good work at IBCD. We appreciate you and and all the people you work with, Jim and Marcia and and uh, the, the resources you're providing for churches like ours to further equip the saints are just so, so valuable. So keep up the good work. We appreciate you guys. We had a great time recording these podcasts, and we'd love to have you join us at the 2018 Institute. It's going to have Dave Harvey, Tim Challies, Zach Eswine, and Jim Neuheiser as our keynote speakers. We would love to see you there, and we're looking forward to another great conference with helpful content.